In a world where three pudgy middle school history teachers discuss random aspects of history. Well, that's... that's all I got. No, Hatfield, we got you. Yeah, I, Wait, who you calling pudgy? Yeah, man, that's kind of rude. No, I'm rude. It's the History Bros Podcast. <laughs> It's the History Bros here on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. I am Jason, known as Corn. NASCAR is Jason Hatfield. He sits off to my right. And somewhere beneath me is Brian Geldmacher. We call him mm. Dirty. Mm. And thank you, Garen Porter, for giving us our names. I sit on the right hand of Corn. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, Election Day is coming up, and oh, I have boy. to be really honest. I have So last week, we, I, I gave my thoughts on what I thought it looked like when uh, Hatfield went to, to vote. But this mm-hmm. week, I think I have to go with my thoughts of what it's like uh, when the, well on election night when the results are coming in. And so in my mind's eye, when, when Hatfield's watching the election, uh, I, I completely foresee it being like, you know, he, he puts on like – a nice button-up shirt, like a party-going shirt, and puts on khaki pants and his nice shoes. With a bow tie. With a bow tie and a little straw hat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's got, well, yeah, I suppose. I could see and the straw hat. ringing a bell going, listen, listen here, see? It's election day, see? Oh, no, 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 <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I, no, no, no. I don't, I don't see it as, no, he's not quite that high strung for this. But what I really see happening is, like, Hatfield's going to be dressed up like, like he's going to a party. And then, like, my guess like is, like... a cocktail party? We yes. talking, like, a frat party? We no, like a about, cocktail. Uh, like, like a, a cocktail party. Are we talking about, uh, you know, what? A, a cocktail party. So, you know, like, business casual kind of, you know, no so jeans. One of those long-handled cigarette holder kind of things. I was thinking more like a pipe. Oh, a okay, pipe a would pipe. be much well, more it, appropriate. But it's not a corn cob pipe. because No, oh, no, no, oh, no, a regular no. pipe. Goodness, no. Yeah, he's okay, he's okay. just a regular pipe. We know Hatfield better than that. And, and but is so, it like one of those Sherlock Holmes type pipes? Or are we talking about just like a kind of a subtle type pipe? Just a regular old pipe. Crack pipe. pipe. Yeah, I nothing mean, overbearing. <laughs> nothing pretentious. Okay. okay. So All anyway, right. uh, then uh, I, I could see him sitting down at his couch, and on his left side is a massive bowl of popcorn, and he's ready to go for the night. On his right side, there's like a huge plate of chicken wings. Behind mm. him, there's a table with a spread of like a veggie tray and some buffalo sauce and like you know uh, finger sandwiches and some little smoky little smokies. Who eat fingers? That's gross. And, and and so he's ready to go, and so he's he's ready for this big party. But he didn't invite anybody because he didn't want to have to deal with anybody else. Um, and so then he starts doing like the election results come in, and what I imagine I is like he's got to like say that this entire beginning Rude has made completely about me. I'm so not I'm done. Oh, oh I'm not done yet. Hang on. Okay, I, I oh, figured boy. you you, just, you oh, weren't. You just, weren't. So by all means, let's uh, let's continue to wow our listeners. Hang on, it's gonna get, it's gonna get better. <laughs> so he's gonna have a TV tray in front of him, and on it he's gonna have like a whole bunch of blank maps and, and like three Ticonderoga pencils ready to go with mm. like an electric pencil sharpener for every time one snaps. And he's filling in the, uh, you know, the, the, the papers on his blank maps as the election results come in. And he's like looking at like, oh, there's a path over here. There's a path over here. And then all of a sudden somebody comes on the TV and says, and we're going to project 
that the 56 electoral votes from California will go to, and then he starts screaming at the TV, no, it's only 55, it's only 55, you know. I was actually going to say, you don't even know how many electoral votes California has? No, I, exactly, no, I knew what I was doing just there. going to say that. Yep, yep. And then all of a sudden when... His if if his his uh, uh, candidate wins, oh, he's going gonna well. st- he's gonna stand up, put on like one of those those cone uh, party hats, and grab out like a party favor, go and, and and blow on it, <laughs> and then he's gonna go to bed. Now in Geldmacher's house, I imagine it going this oh, way. Oh God, Geldmacher's gonna be riveting <laughs> radio, sitting in a listening <laughs> to the radio. <laughs> Sitting in, a, in his reclining chair, and I don't know. Do you have a TV in the basement? I I not only do I not have a TV in the basement, but I also don't have a reclining chair. Okay, so he's Uh-oh. gonna get. He, oh, Brian! <laughs> oh, you! So what's what's gonna happen is Brian's gonna go borrow someone's reclining chair for the night because it's such a big night. He's gonna put well, it you down. You have a reclining chair when you've got chains to strap people in downstairs. I mean, that's kind of that's. Awkward. Mm. Anyway, so he's in his reclining chair that he borrowed from somebody that he put right in the middle of the living room so he could look right at the TV. Mm. And he's laying mm-hmm. there, like, reclined back. And I imagine, like, reclined back with his knees kind of pointing out. And uh, uh, off to his right, he's what? got Knees kind of what? pointing out? Well, What's you know, like, when you lay there, you lay there and your knees are kind of splayed out. And This whatever. isn't scripted or planned, ladies and gentlemen, just in case there was some kind of question. And then, so then there's, he's got a beer off to his right that he's kind of sipping on and he's got a beer off to his left that he's also kind of sipping on and he's lay, sitting there in, 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 the, in his, uh, his, his chair in his boxers and a, like a, a cut off oh, shirt oh oh scratching boy. his well scratching his you know every once in a while and uh, just scratching his what rude what are you talking what are you saying scratching his what his mm. uh, man parts mm-hmm. oh dear god <laughs> Well, well, there goes the rating for this one. I didn't know if I could say scratching his balls. I think, I think, I think we've had our quota of people dropping out of the show by now. I think. <laughs> well, all right, so we're good to go. So anyway, uh, and then he just he watches it, and then they they, they report another. Ah, and he falls asleep. Hmm. I'm not saying it was okay. funny. I. But it made me laugh. And then there's me uh, uh, watching. This is what I imagine myself watching. Oh, like. you you get to tell your own story. We don't have to come up with one for you now. You can do that. But that... what I would imagine is, oh, it's Tuesday night. Big Bang Theory's on. Um, I, I figure you're going to sit there. Uh, you're going to watch Big Bang Theory with yep. a huge bucket of corn. <laughs> And you're going to start, you know, humming the battle hymn of the Republic. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't either. Does I check results on my phone or what? Notice it was short and concise. Didn't involve (laughs) borrowing furniture from neighbors. Didn't, you know, know, having a charcuterie board or any of that kind of stuff. It's just, you know. Wait, wait, wait. What's I'm, a I'm hitting the high points. I'm talking about corn, you know, know, keeping the the eye with things. Right. What Making sure that the outhouse is cleared out just in case the corn doesn't digest. Right. What's a charcuterie board? It's um, it's it's a Jaws thing. I don't think you'd uh, understand. Okay. Well, anyway, 
Um, charcuterie is uh it's kind of like you know your uh your prepared meat tray you know so oh! you have top and odd um Some meats find the finest meats and cheeses right so salami um, and pastrami no oh boy um let's see you could actually have oh i can't um summer sausage oh. I mean, it's just, it's really what your, what your, you know, your fancy is, can especially I, can if I, your, if your home smells of rich mahogany. Sure. Hey, can I ask Hatfield, do you know what summer sausage is? Do what? Do you know what summer sausage is? Um, it's a uh, sausage in the summer. Okay. So no, he doesn't. Okay. Just checking. Mm. Um, that's no, uh, well, we usually get, we'll get some, um, Prosciutto, we'll get some. Prosciutto is actually my favorite. Mm. We'll, we will get some uh, uh, some hard salamis. We'll get some. Um, what else? We'll get uh, th- usually like uh, just you know an assortment. We'll get some um, some goat cheese, some crackers, and um, wait, you said goat cheese? Yeah, goat cheese. Really? Yeah. What's wrong with goat cheese? <laughs> Right. You know, I'm sitting there and I'm trying to milk this goat over and over and nothing's <laughs> happening. His name's Norman. Hmm. But um but yeah, we'll get some uh, goat cheese, we'll get um but it, it, sometimes like and we'll there's a so my wife and I used to go get uh, oysters a lot from this place uh, in downtown Durham. <laughs> we had a really big explosion that happened about two years, about a year and a half ago, downtown, this big um, uh, gas explosion. You've uh, talked about this like completely. three times before. Yeah, well, now it's the fourth, so you're welcome. <laughs> um, killed one or two people. So there, that's pretty funny. Um, so, yeah, they, um, and once, and they had to shut down a lot of the stores that were in the, in, in kind of like the block because of the, potential structural damage that happened and so um uh once they finally reopened we're like yes and we go back and then they had to uh, shut down because of COVID 19 so Mm. i mean that place is we and really good people working there um and this other place uh actually opened up where you can just purchase uh oysters uh unshucked and then you go pick them up and then you you can buy like a the little the knife whatever you want to call it prime open and uh so We'll buy some, and it's actually pretty cheap. Um, usually, you, like you could get a dozen at two or three dollars a pop in the restaurant, shucked and brought to your table. That's you know, it can be kind of expensive if you're getting like a dozen or so. Um, but these are like you know, $13, $15 maybe for Ooh. an entire dozen. Um, so it's you know, pretty nice. cheap, and yeah. um, so um, I've learned the art of cracking open oysters uh, and some of the, and the, the different um, hinges that they have and stuff like that. So when we do charcuterie, sometimes we'll go get some oysters and do that. Very as Very well. nice. And it's, you know, have um, just kind of, that's been sort of like our COVID sort of thing. Like once every week or a couple of weeks, we'll go and order some and then we'll, my wife and I will just have a, lot, a nice little dinner down at, you know, at the table um, have like um our little Alexa devices playing, um, you know, Pandora and 
we'll just kind of sit and enjoy each other's company and mm-hmm. it's really nice it's kind of nice it's been Aww. you know if there's been one <laughs> nice thing about this entire uh pandemic is the fact that you know we've been able to spend so much time together and with the dog and stuff like that and uh not really going at each other's throats which um the sro at my school the former one he actually retired now but he said that um um domestic violence uh, reports went up like considerably at the beginning of um the pandemic and um that kind of stuff so i mean this is you know it's been it's been a difficult time for a lot of people i'm not talking about just with you know sickness or jobs it's just you know having to be around each other 24 (laughs) 7 um is you know it's there's a lot of it's been interesting the the impact on our society having to deal with something that we were woefully unprepared for um but anyway, we've um, that's been kind of like a highlight doing that kind of stuff for us and um, <clears throat> you know, having that kind of, you know, couple time. So it's been good. Nice. You know, can't really go out on a date. So you kind of bring the date home, so to speak. So I dealt with two kids for the last nine, ten months that have wanted to do a lot of stuff and we can't. Get back to me when you deal with that. Yeah, what is tell me, tell me about that? What is what is parenthood? What is how has parenthood been during this time? Actually, it's I don't know. It's not terrible. <clears throat> um it's uh you know, you just kind of have to explain things in a way that you didn't have to explain them before. You know, we can't go here, we can't go there. Um I mean, even my five-year-old daughter kind of gets it. She, you know, she calls it the virus. So yeah, they get it. Oh, uh, we can't go because of the virus. Yeah, baby, I'm sorry. Okay, you know, find something else to do. Um, I mean, overall, it hasn't been awful. It's just that first first couple months were, you know, they were a little hard because they just won't shut she up. Didn't, yeah, she didn't understand. It was, you know, not something that she was, you know, like you said, not obviously didn't prepare for that. So, um, but she's doing okay. I mean, my other two kids are are fine. They're a little older, so they're finding ways to cope and manage and whatnot. So for the most part, they kind of just stay out of each other's way. Otherwise they'd be, you know, like you said, domestic violence would be going up. So <laughs> what's going to be fascinating is that like, you know, your kids going through this, you know, when they're in their seventies, eighties, stuff like that, you know, people are going to be saying, wow, well, you know, like asking the people now you survived the 1918 pandemic, you know, the flu, the Spanish flu, what was that like? And they're going to be, you know, being able to relate that sort of fascinating history to right uh to people in the future so. how many people were ever talking about surviving the spanish flu i mean this is a big deal to us now but i question how big of a deal it will be in 50 years yeah i could see that too um by the way uh here in iowa nothing changed because apparently there's nothing to do especially if you ask hatfield so nothing changed par for course well, there's plenty to do there's corn that needs a shucking there's uh that's only in the fall and we're already done with that we finished yesterday fall so you know i you know didn't know what your schedule was (laughs) well you plant the corn in the spring and you harvest it in the fall my son actually did this is the sad part that need a herding and uh herding sausage that needs a making and i don't know you don't make well oh gosh you don't don't make summer sausage 
you know, makes it. You no, just, you take I just, guess, you I take guess the, the good animal, spirit to the forest makes it. You take <laughs> it to the locker, and the Bro, locker the makes it. Does it grow on the trees or? <laughs> Horse. I've been looking for a good summer sausage tree. They don't really grow so well, like you know, in in you know the kind of the foothills, the Piedmont area. The Piedmont. <laughs> I mean, those are really more of a flatland slash coastal thing because you know I tried to grow it kind of towards the coast, but mm-hmm. there's so mm-hmm. much marshland, and we all know. That summer sausage doesn't grow well in, in marshland. Let's so. just say that I'm not surprised that Hatfield's an expert on sausage. <laughs> well, let's just say I'm kind of popular at parties. Oh, boy. Well, Brian, party, I have to kind of tell you. Sausage I fest. call you out because you're talking about, you know, summer sausage like tree. We all know it's a bush. It's a summer sausage You're right. Bush. I apologize. Tree. I apologize. Um, it starts off as a shrubbery, <laughs> and then eventually it matures, and then the little buds come out, and uh, sometimes they will turn into flowers, and sometimes they will grow into plump summer sausages. <laughs> Hello, You're everyone. So Donald Trump. <laughs> then there's but something the thing wrong is, with is you. That if you need to winter good. them. <laughs> You know, you're not you a nice person. You have to learn how to trim the summer sausage. You're right. not a nice person. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I'm not. Apparently, oh boy. I just I then there's something wrong around. with you. You're certainly not very good. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say that I've missed the uh, soundboards that uh, Rude's used in the past, but I remember I don't. <laughs> I was listening to old episodes um, and realized that, you know, if I can't bring up Wikipedia, I have to go to the soundboard. Oh, boy. Oh, well, do you, do you have to? Is it really? It, can let's we just choose say both? It, it, not it, doing both? It made me feel good about myself. So um, we this is going to be kind of a big week. Obviously, election. Um, yeah. Election day is uh, Tuesday. I'm going to – we've – You've had some pretty record turnouts. Of course, uh, a lot of people will be going out more. Wait, did you just say pre-record turnout? No, I said we've had record turnout. Oh, I thought you said pre-record turnout. I'm like, um... Yeah, because I'm predicting that we will have a record. So it's a turnout before we actually make the record. Okay, well... And it's a good record. We'll have it in the blues section of your uh, local um, shop. Uh, music store. Oh, that kind of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but there's bigger See, news. There was a death yeah. in the uh, world recently. Well, there are a lot there's, of deaths in the world every day. A lot of deaths. There's. I don't know <laughs> if you've been watching the news, but uh, <laughs> deaths have kind of been a constant uh, problem part of the news cycle. You know, oh. probably since um, March. Oh, yeah, probably March. March <laughs> okay. Well, let's just say this. Let's just say this. I um, believe there was a very famous death this week that we would like to take a fair amount of time, uh, in fact, dedicate an entire episode to dealing with. Um, but we, we, I, I can't really. Let's just say that I think Hatfield, you're the best guy to introduce it um, using a certain um, voice. Well, shall we, let me shall just say, we say yesterday we were sitting around, uh, my wife and I were sitting at the table. Um, we've been doing a little bit of house hunting, which I didn't think would, which is, is strange during a pandemic. I know. 
um, and we were looking at one. And as I opened up, I kind of pulled up Facebook, and one of the first things that popped up was a Washington Post article about the uh, the death of Sean Connery. Yeah. And I immediately was like, "Oh no!" Right. And my hands like went up to my temples. And my wife uh, uh, immediately was like, you know, oh, my God, what, you know, like now there was some sort of and, you know, and I was like, uh, like she was like, is, is the house already sold? You know, I had no <laughs> idea. And I was like, I was like, no, Sean Connery died. And I mean, I genuinely was upset. I still am upset because mm. it's I your mean, best impression. Well, it, from the time from my generation, um, Sean Connery was the epitome of wit and masculinity, and just I mean, suave, you know, yeah. characteristics. I mean, he to me, I mean, and a lot of people, you know, kind of debate this, but he was the James Bond. I mean, oh, Roger sure. Moore. Absolutely. Roger Moore wasn't bad. Timothy Dalton. Uh, Daniel <laughs> Craig is actually really good, too. Um, but, I mean, Sean but Connery Sean Connery was James Bond. Sean Connery was the man. I mean, and he's, regardless of whatever it is that he did, um, he, I mean, the, I went to, I was so excited about Highlander 2 when it came out because I was like, but wait a minute, didn't Sean Connery die in the first one? Spoiler alert. And I was like, how did they bring him back? And then, of course, I went to go see it. And that was the least of the problems of that movie was how they brought Sean Connery's character back. Um, but just everything that he's done, he made it valid. He made that movie important. He made it uh, just, I don't know, like almost immediately a blockbuster. Um. Yep. From everything that he did with, um, you know, not just James Bond, but then, of course, Hunt for Red October, Indiana um, Jones, Islander, uh, The Rock, which we were talking about just uh, recently, Indiana um, Jones, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And I was surprised to find out, I guess the last movie that he did was The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is based on a graphic novel uh, written by the same guy who did um, The Watchmen. And uh, it's a, the graphic novel's better than the movie, but um, the movie the movie is fun. It's a fun one to watch. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but um, it's basically this concept that these literary figures of uh, King uh, or uh, Captain Ahab and um, uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, um, all these people, Alan Quartermain, all these people come together to form like a superhero team. Sure. And um, it's, um, you know, it, it was a fun movie. I, but I did, had no idea. And a friend of mine actually worked on that movie because I think, um, or she was dating somebody that was in the movie, I think, at the time. Um, and I think she got a chance to meet him. But, I mean, it would we would also need to stress that Sean Connery was a little controversial pertaining to his views on, uh, you know, domestic violence, I mm -hmm. guess we could say. Yeah. Um, he was very open about, you know, uh, giving the ladies a smack, <laughs> you know, if they, uh, I guess, I don't know. I can't, I don't know the exact, the exact terminology that he would, uh, that he would give, but, um, not exactly, uh, an enlightened, uh, approach, I guess. Mm -hmm. but, um, 
Um, and he was not, but the thing is, it, he never really came out to say, you know, I'm really sorry that I said that kind of stuff. It's kind of, in fact, I think he was asked about it in an interview and he said, uh, no, I'm not apologizing. But I mean, this is the same guy who uh, grew, uh, grew up in Edinburgh and was, you know, working class family. Right. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird because you don't want to. I'm not trying to justify, I'm not trying to pardon that because obviously that's a, a bad, it's a bad, you know, perspective to have. But, you know, a lot of people can also say that, uh, well, I don't want to wade into too deep of the, you know, pool, but, you know, punishing children by spanking. Some people are like, well, that's totally against that. But, you know, my parents did that to me. And, um, but, uh, I'm not trying to justify his actions. It's just that sometimes people from a completely different era hold views that uh, are unpopular today, but were very commonplace then. Um, well, and maybe he just I chose not to I mean, change his mind in the course of that time. Let's be fair. Yeah, like you said, he he is a, a product of the 50s and 60s. And at mm -hmm. that time, the views of child rearing, the views of how women are treated – Contextually, we're not very even, different. Now, now it's not, not saying it's right. Not even the fifties and sixties. I mean, he was born on, in nineteen thirty. No, I, I get that, but I mean, when you talk about, well, I suppose you're, he's probably going to develop his sense of how the world is in his teen years. But I mean, you're mm -hmm. talking about when he's getting into his prime, when he's going to be most influential. Let's face it, his biggest year, your decade, is probably the sixties. That's when he made the most films. Um, and that's when he was James Bond. That's not true. Right. He was pretty good, uh, big in the seventies too. But still, I mean, he—I I would say he—not that he ever really lost his fame. Like he never lost his fame. But I would contend that the height of his fame was probably in the sixties. And tell me I'm wrong, and that's fine. Um, fame. I mean, I don't. I mean, he would still be considered pretty famous even now. I don't know about the... Maybe it's inf influence. The height of his influence. No, maybe not. I don't know. Well, I don't know what I'm let's talking just, about. Let's take a moment. Um, <laughs> from The Washington Post did a really nice uh, piece on him. Um, and I want to read from that for just a second. Uh, Thomas Sean Connery was born on August 25th, 1930 in Edinburgh, Edinburgh Scotland, where his father was a truck driver and his mother was a maid. Um, he grew up in an industrial neighborhood where he recalled that the dueling aromas of a rubber factory and brewery hung over the streets. Mm. Um, he dropped out of school at 12, joined the British Navy four years later. He said he was discharged before completing his enlistment because of stomach ulcers. Um, as a veteran, he gained entry to a vocational program in Edinburgh and trained to be a furniture polisher. In between jobs, buffing tables and pianos, he worked as an undertaker's assistant nailing coffins in a funeral parlor. Uh, in Thanks. his off time, he participated in a weightlifting club and with his sculpted physique, posed as a life model um, at an art school. A friend persuaded Mr. Connery to, complete, uh, to compete in the 1953 Mr. Universe bodybuilding contest in London, having won a bronze medal in the tall men's division, he saw an audition call for actors with a touring company of South Pacific. Motivated to impress the show's producers, he landed a part in the musical's He-Man chorus by performing handsprings. No one else could do them, he said. Um, 
On the advice of a castmate, Mr. Connery began an autodidactic education to improve his uh, acting. Uh, he read plays by William Shakespeare and studied acting technique by reviewing texts by Konstantin Stanislavski. Uh, that that was a method that I was really big into when I was in uh, college, which is um, kind of like a, an outside-in approach. Um, like you, you can only do so much until you kind of get dressed up as the character, and then you kind of fit, fit you kind of fall in to, I guess, the potential stereotype. And it kind of completes the the imaginative process. Um, Mr. Connery also said about taming his Scottish burr. It was said to be so thick that other cast members in South Pacific thought he was speaking Polish. Jeez. Uh, he bought a tape recorder and devoted hours to practicing his diction, but the remnants of his accent eventually became his trademark. Um, his good looks helped propel his career from supporting screen roles to a leading part opposite Lana Turner in the World War II melodrama Another Time, Another Place in 1958. Um, he would eventually go on um, you know, to in 61 in the BBC adaptation of Tolstoy's Anna Karenina. Um, and the producers... Um, that piqued the interest of Harry Saltzman and Albert Broccoli obviously the producers of uh, James Bond. The producers had secured the film rights to Fleming's Bond books and were searching for an actor to star in their low-budget production of Dr. No. <laughs> At first casting, Mr. Connery in the Bond role seemed a risky choice. They considered many established names for the part, including Richard Burton and Redgrave, before inviting Mr. Connery to read uh, scripts. The producers had no choice. The movie's $1 million budget called for someone cheap but promising. Uh, the role of Bond came with a $16,500 salary. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, I read that over time, he just finally got tired of being James Bond. He wanted to kind of move on to do other things. I could see that. Um, I mean, you don't want to get, like, pigeonholed. Um, right. I remember living in Wilmington when they were filming um, Dawson's Creek. You had like the cast members there and, you know, you, you get on something that's, you know, that popular for that long. And then when you hop off, it's kind of like you're, that's kind of what you got. Yeah. Uh, some people are able to kind of get into something else and show that they can do other things like comedy to serious or serious to comedy and that kind of stuff. But then you have some people that, you know, well, okay, well, I hope you enjoy the ride because this is kind of <laughs> what we got. Um, but uh, he was able to, you know, go on and uh, he returned his bond and from Russia with love in 63, Goldfinger in 64, Thunderball in 65, You Only Live Twice in 67, <laughs> Diamonds Are Forever in 71. So, um Yeah. So, I mean, there's uh, obviously he would uh, go on to do lots of other film roles. I have never, speaking of which, I made a little joke about this on Facebook about I wanted to kind of honor him by watching one of like his classic movies outside of James Bond. Um, so I was thinking either Highlander, Hunt for Red October, uh, The Untouchables, hmm. or Zardoz. Which I, and I said, I'm just kidding. I will never watch Zardoz. <laughs> but have you guys ever watched that? Have you guys ever seen that no, movie? I, I hadn't heard of it until you had mentioned it. Same here. Yeah, it's, it's 
pretty bizarre from what I understand. Um, but I, uh, I've never watched it. So, I mean, it could, I could watch it and go, wow, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Hmm. Um, which speaking of which I did finally get a, uh, a subscription to Disney plus because the Mandalorian coming out and I stumbled across national treasure. Which, uh, yes, you did. Of course you did. I, I still have not watched. Um, I think I did watch it once before, trying to watch it. I don't know. I can't. I don't know. But anyway, um, so what was what's your guys like you feel like is the epitome of like what, what would be your favorite, I guess, or your top two uh, Sean Connery movies? I'll start. Uh, yeah. I, I go straight to Bond. Um, mm. For me, it, it comes down to two two movies um, in this order. Um, you Only Live Twice and Diamonds Are Forever. Um, I, I just, for whatever reason, I've always liked You Only Live Twice. Uh, of course, that's the one where he's... Um, in Japan. He's in Japan, and Blofeld is using uh, Japanese minions, so to speak. And basically, he's going out and capturing both American and Russian spacecraft trying to get them to blame each other, and he almost successfully does it. Um, and he's trying to basically start World War III. And Bond has to figure this out when nobody else can find what's really going on, uh, and then he has to prevent, um, uh, well, basically blow up the operation and expose it so that, that um, the United States and, and the USSR at the time didn't go to go to blows and then you only live twice is about a, a diamond thief that's trying to that is stealing diamonds and then it's, it's blowfeld again um who's going to create this this laser satellite that is going to basically eliminate cities right um i it's it's been a while since i've seen it um i can't i mean i remember um Himeji Castle is the main like Japanese castle that they feature in that. I went to go visit that place when I was in Japan. That's a different movie. I'm talking about Diamonds Are Forever. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't know if I've seen. I don't think I've seen all the Bond movies to be perfectly honest. So Diamonds Are Forever is the one that it's. It starts out in Amsterdam where he's kind of tracking this down, and then uh, he ends up killing the guy who's going to smuggle the diamonds, Um, but they think it's. James Bond, I don't know. Anyway, Tiffany Case, Tiffany Case is the actress, and I forget what her real name is. Um, but anyway, uh, then they end up in Vegas, and that's kind of basically they're in Vegas chasing this around, um, and then eventually they end up in an offshore oil rig, is where it finally ends. <laughs> that's where the Which, like the, um, the operational center is. By the way, let me just insert this that. Um... It says, at times, Mr. Connery's private life erupted into public view. Actress Diane uh, Salento, whom he wed in 62, described him in her memoir as a misogynist who was uh, psychologically and physically threatening. She accused Mr. Connery of beating her, but he denied it. He was trailed by comments he made to Playboy magazine in 65, saying that it was acceptable to hit a woman to keep her in line. He later apologized for the remark. So maybe he did change his thoughts uh jill st john is tiffany case my my apologies ah. um but yeah the um the uh the uh you only live twice um of course the japanese one's always one of my favorites but, uh, yeah Meiji castle which is the the main one featured in that as well as the uh, some kurosawa movies and the miniseries shogun from the 80s 
guess 70s maybe no i guess early 80s um that's a fantastic castle it's one of the largest intact um untouched um historic castles <laughs> they uh, during world war ii during the bombing campaigns they specifically did not want to bomb himeji because after it was over they wanted to make sure that you know you didn't just completely vaporize the culture of you know who you were going to war with there was a specific uh, intent for not doing that but that's a fascinating it's beautiful it's an amazing cast here's a, a factoid i did not know um the uh so in in uh, diamonds are forever willard white is the guy that is basically being exploited by blofeld he's he owns the white house which is a, a hotel casino in in uh, las vegas and basically blofeld's using him as a front to for everything else and basically i mean he's a rich guy right he's sure. played by a guy by the name of jimmy dean and if you're wondering yes it's that jimmy dean the guy like jimmy dean sausage the singer, singer all of sausage. It. No, yes, yeah, singer sausage. No, but he's got uh, he uh, his oh Jimmy Dean songs. Um, he does PT one oh nine. Remember when oh, I sing? Oh, PT, oh boy, PT one oh nine. That's him. No, that, we got it. We got it. That's him. <laughs> and all I can say is that yes, I yeah, yep, that's right. That's all right, right. Uh, Geldmacher. What about you? You know, I'm not a huge uh, Bond fan. I was a, I was a, uh, I grew up, um, you know, in when I was aware of what movies were in the early '80s. So, I was, uh, I was aware of Roger Moore as James Bond. It wasn't until much later that I realized, hey, there are more guys doing this. Um, so, I wasn't a huge Sean Connery, James Bond fan. Um, my, you know, the stuff that I like, uh, I'm a huge fan of the untouchables uh it pro- it mm. might be if you were to pin me down and 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 make me name my all-time favorite movie period it's possible that it's the untouchables um I- i'm also a huge fan of uh the indiana jones movies so um mm, okay. him uh playing indiana's father in the last crusade is uh is is uh is is fantastic as well. I really really enjoyed that movie. So that's uh those are two of mine. Obviously, you know we talk about the Rock and we make fun of the oh it's you know whatever. It but it's also a lot of fun to watch too. So that's if, if I had to pick a third, that's probably it. Hmm. Kind of off the wall, you know. I would uh, I would have to go with uh, Highlander. Um and uh, Hunt Fred October would probably mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. up there as well. Um. Uh, even though, you know, having a, someone speak a Russian dialect with a Scottish brogue, <laughs> new Poroski. I mean, it's like, it's, well, okay. Um, it's, yeah. I, I've always wondered, um, what foreign, uh, speech <laughs> sounds like watch, you know, someone wa- that's a native speaker watching it, you know, it's kind of, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like I don't know if I've ever seen a movie where someone was supposed to be speaking English, you know, with the subtitles of the right. culture, you know, and hearing how bad it must sound, you know, mm. to a native speaker. Um, so, um, yeah, I would be 
fascinated to hear what you know that would what Sean Connery's Russian would have sounded <laughs> like, but um, but uh, yeah, uh, Hunt for Red October uh, book again was much better. Tom Clancy novel. Um, I watched the movie and then wanted to read the book, and then of course the book was you know obviously the book is always better. Same with Patriot <laughs> Games, same with a lot of Tom Clancy stuff, but uh, um, but Highlander is just. I don't know. There's just something about that movie that is it just it was just so unique and low budget, but you know, and of course, as we talked about before we started recording, you have a Frenchman playing a Scot, you have uh <laughs> an American playing a Russian and you have a Scot playing an Egyptian. Eh, um whatever. But you know, you know, Sean, if you haven't watched Highlander, then, you know, by all means, please do. The second one is they say, okay, well, the reason why these men have these powers was because they were from a different planet, which was like, what? What are you doing? I mean, I wanted to go see it. I was so excited, and I was so angry by the time I left because I'm like, that's it's kind of like midi-chlorians in the original you know, prequels of Star Wars. It's like, that's not how the Force works. I get irrationally, uh, irrationally okay. uh, upset it's about okay. It's okay. It's okay. Just breathe. Breathe. Yeah, it's kind of like you know when you watch a history thing and they get the history wrong. It's like, what are you? What are you doing? That's not how it goes, you know. And then all of a sudden the whole thing shot. But um, um, but yeah, those are probably my two. Those are probably my two um, favorites of his. Hmm. So, um, but yeah, he was sort of the quintessential uh, masculine, just. Every time you knew he was in the movie, you know he was going to do a fantastic job with it. He was going to do, you know, a great job. Oh, sure. Um, regardless of how bad the movie may actually wind up being. Um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was a fun one. <laughs> I felt like I felt like of the, the those three, I still have not seen the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I just yeah. don't know if I can. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've heard too many bad things. Um especially like the refrigerator nuclear blast kind of thing. But um, I felt like, you know, the first one was like the, the pure essence. And then the second one just was really, really dark, super dark. And then the, and then it's, and then the third one was kind of like, almost like slapstick to a degree, a little bit more more family friendly, I guess. Um, Splitting the difference from the second one, I guess, you know, yeah, I can see that. Because I remember going to see uh, Raiders with my uh, with my family. We had to drive from. We were living in Camden, South Carolina at the time, and we, I think, we had to drive to Columbia to really be able to see it because we only had like a, a two screen or maybe a one screen movie theater in our town Ooh. at the time. Man, well, I mean, this is this this is what the eighties, <laughs> so it's like you know, but um, and we were driving back, and I was just like, I saw a guy's face melt. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. (laughs) um, But yeah, so uh, I'm surprised though, Geldmacher, that you didn't have uh, The Rock as one of your top two. So, yeah, I mean, I'll give it a third again. It's, it's, it's right there. Again, it's, it's more of a campy, you know, more of a campy ride than The Last Crusade was. Um, You know, I I also think about this in 96, you know, I wasn't, uh, you know, my mind was probably elsewhere as far as I haven't seen a good Sean Connery movie lately. Um, 
I mean, I was in my early twenties and actually I just turned 20 that year. Huh? And, uh, you know, just other things going on, you know, but in 89, I was 13. This is like, this is great. Woo. You know, right. So different place. Right. Um, uh, the untouchables, obviously mm. another, that's so uh, good. That's the, that's the one that he won the Academy award for. Yeah. So, so, so good. Yeah. I mean, at the time when I watched, I was kind of like, I, I, I remember feeling that it was pretty gruesome. Robert De Niro, of course, playing um, Al Capone, beating the guy at the table with a bat, and you see yep. the blood like coming out, like yeah. you know, yeah, spreading yeah. out on the table. I was like, "That's that's aggressive." Mm-hmm. He seems because usually, you know, at that time, people the blood's there, and then it's just there. But to see it actually spreading out on the table was oh yeah, was kind of gross. But um, oh, we can't. For, I mean, we really can't forget. Uh, his non-Bond stuff in the 70s, too. He was in A Bridge Too Far, which is just a an epic um, of the battle of, uh, I guess, you, Operation Market Garden in World War II. I mean, everybody's in that movie. Um, if you were an actor in the 70s, you were in A Bridge Too Far, I think. Um, I mean, you had guys like Anthony Hopkins and James Caan and uh, what was the guy's name? Um was Tatum, was it Tatum O'Neill? Was he in that too? I think. In uh, Bridge Too Far? I think so. Um, I don't know. No, uh, no, not Tatum. Not Tatum. Uh, oh God, I can't think of his name now. I'll look it up. Talk about it. I don't know. <laughs> I'll look uh, it up. <laughs> a Bridge Too Far? Yeah, that's uh, that's a great one, man. Uh, here we go. Bridge of the River Kwang. Uh, that's that. It's that one, right? That was, no, this uh, is uh, no, this is the this is the retelling of Operation Market Garden. Um, oh, 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 that's right. That's right. That's tanks. Right. Okay. James Conn, Michael Caine, Sean Connery, Elliot Gould, Gene Hackman, Anthony Hopkins, Ryan O'Neill, Robert Redford. Um, I mean, that's, it's unbelievable the names that are in this movie. Uh, and Sean Connery plays uh, a member of the first British Airborne Division. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's just a ridiculous cast. Really? Um, uh, the secret, by the way, to having a good Michael Caine, um, (laughs) Michael accent is to have a, it's to be possessive of an illegal drug. Yes. My (laughs) cocaine, my cocaine, you know, (laughs) my cocaine. Right. That's funny. I've heard that before. (laughs) So, um, to, to, I guess to honor, I'm going to do a crappy Sean Connery. Oh boy. See if you can sing along, children. <laughs> you want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife. You pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital. You send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. And that's how you get Capone. Perfect. <laughs> it's not great. Good stuff, know. man. He, um... Yeah, he's, um... I can't believe it, man. We're just we're we're at that age. These people that have just been around have been the icons. It's like we're going to be left with the Justin Bieber's now, I guess. Ugh, don't say stuff like that. <laughs> well, I mean, and Britney Spears, don't forget Britney. She yes, I was I saw something the other day that she had posted another dance video, and people are questioning if she's cracking from this whole COVID thing, but. 
yeah, we, um, such a good, it was just, I mean, yeah, he had some issues, you know, unenlightened views on women and stuff like that. Uh, and you can't kind of just toss that aside, but the man was just, uh, was amazing. I actually did a, I, there was a, we did a bar show in Wilmington, um, and it was a weekly comic soap opera uh, that took place around like a hospital. It's kind of like a general hospital sort of thing. But um, sure. And this one girl was leaving right before I moved there. And um, I wanted to take part in it. Some friends of mine were in it. And so they wrote a character in there for, uh, for me. Um, and he was just basically a doctor that was coming in whose wife had been killed in the Halloween episode like the week before <laughs> his uh, wife's name was Dr. Charles Riley. And my character's name was Dr. Marion Riley. Um, and so I was like, well, one my, and the, all I knew he was going to be a doctor coming in. And so I decided to make him a Scottish proctologist. No. Oh. <laughs> and um, so I did, you know, a Sean Connery, sort of dialect and you know eventually uh i wound up someone made a kilt for me to wear on stage so <laughs> i had a doctor's coat and a kilt and i would you know i would always come and go you know great scott or you know or i'd have some sort of like um bestiology joke about you know sheep and stuff like that that would oh, just fun. kind of slide into things but um it was um <laughs> yeah it was it, would it was a you know it was a fun little uh it was a fun little show nice you said it would slide into what? No oh boy. In the conversation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. We have missed the biggest, the most important part of the Sean Connery discussion. Okay. Because there is a, an aspect of Sean Connery that was probably more in, culturally influential than anything else. And that is Celebrity Jeopardy on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> See, so you thought you I was drink, gonna... <laughs> you, was it you drink a liquid out of these? A leather glove. <laughs> I mean, just like who who was the actor that played him in that? Uh, um, Daryl Hammond. Yeah. Daryl Hammond, yeah. He yeah. was the writing for those were always, always just the best. Yeah. Did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> but just his pronunciation of the of the categories was just great. Yeah. 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 I'll I'll take the rapists for one hundred. <laughs> that's, that's therapists. It's yeah. therapists. Or when he confused uh, uh, swords and, and yeah. It was actually yes. S, word, S words. <laughs> well that or you know, when he would he would talk about Trebek's mother. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> no, I just, without fail, I mean, if oh, you want it, if you, oh. huh? No, I was thinking there was another one um, where the category was catch these men. Okay, and it, and it, it was actually and he was like, "I'll take catch the semen for 800 Oh, jeez! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, who 
why? I mean, I'm just. Why is that a thing? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I know. Oh, boy. But, <laughs> I mean, it's sad. I mean, why? I, you know, I mean, yeah. Is that, who would have who would have put that together? You know? Well, yeah, well, exactly. Exactly. No, I just, it was, there's, there's what, three or four episodes where they did that. Um, and it just, they're great. They're just absolutely no. wonderful. <laughs> they're hilarious. You know, and it just, <laughs> um, you know, uh, and, and, and I mean, look at the cast of characters at the same time you're doing, you've got Trebek being played by Will Ferrell. You've got mm-hmm. Daryl Hammond doing an outstanding Sean Connery. And you usually got Norm MacDonald doing Burt, Burt Reynolds, <laughs> which is another, another really, really well done there. Um, where I think he plays Burt as just an idiot, doesn't he? Yeah, pretty much. You know, and, and there was, <laughs> go ahead. No, this is um, Celebrity Jeopardy. I'm reading one of this this time. Hammond as uh, Connery playing against Callista Flockhart, played by Drew Barrymore, and Nicolas Cage, um, <laughs> which was Jimmy Fallon. That's right. The trio, the trio struggles to think of months that begin with Feb, <laughs> <laughs> such as Febtober, <laughs> and. And the Sean Connery character misreads the category, the pen is mightier. Yes. <laughs> I don't think I really need to go into it. I think we can figure that one out. Oh, Something boy. was mightier. Right. Oh, Febtober. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh-oh. Oh well, yeah, I, those are those are the best. Those I mean, you can still go through and watch those things on YouTube, and they're just it's hilarious. Oh, exactly, exactly. Uh, another one is uh, misreading the char- the category. Who reads? Who reads? <laughs> and, oh, and 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 misreading. Let it snow. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> so. Who reads as Horage? <laughs> That's right. And misreading Let It Snow as Latitch Now. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I mean, the fact that they tried to, I mean, and, and there are some cases like when, um, what's his, when, um, uh, when, uh, oh my God, I can't think of his name. He played himself as like just being like just completely goofy. Um, Really like um, Tom Hanks. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, I mean, he played himself as this goofball, and it was like you know, absolutely having fun making fun of himself. <laughs> I don't um, remember. Yeah, Bieber, was, uh, he was Justin like, Bieber. Who? It wasn't Bieber, was it? What are you talking about? You're saying made fun of himself in one of like the, the yeah, celebrity. No, no, he was playing Tom Hanks. Ah. I think Tom Hanks was playing Tom Hanks. That's that, what I, I that's what I meant. Oh, oh I guessed right. I guess. <laughs> oh, I thought you were like, yeah, thanks, Rude. Like, because you always bring up Tom Hanks. But I was right. Oh no, no, no. You were right. No, it was it was Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks was the person I was thinking of. Yeah. Oh. 
for this episode, Hillary Swank, one of Fallon's impressions, and Keanu Reeves, played by host Toby Maguire, join <laughs> Hammond's Connery in one of the dumbest and most disruptive games of Celebrity Jeopardy yet. <laughs> The contests struggle mightily to figure out a color that ends in purple. <laughs> While Connery laughs, my day has come. <laughs> when the final Jeopardy answer, when the final Jeopardy answer is famous mothers. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that's great (laughs) it's great (laughs) oh it'd be it would be absolutely yeah i don't i snl probably wouldn't do that wouldn't come around with like a an actual um you don't think they do snl after his death is like a kind of tribute i don't know if they would yeah they might i could see him doing it you know hammond is the uh Hammond's still on staff. He uh, he's the announcer. He's the new Don Pardo. Is he really? So he's in the building. Okay. Have you ever seen the uh, the documentary that he did about his his own life? Uh, the one where he kind of tours Edinburgh. No, I'm talking not him. I'm talking about uh, Daryl Hammond. Oh no, <laughs> that's talking about Connery again. <laughs> no, Daryl Hammond was an abused child, and the uh, the documentary is worth your time if you ever find it. I can't no, remember I'm the name familiar. of it, but it's it's worth watching. My wife watched it. She's like, holy cow. <laughs> so there's that. Anyway, uh, we have gone. We, we took something that I thought we were going to struggle to get 15 minutes out of and turned it into an hour. Um, so we probably should take a, a break here. And I don't know if we have any sponsors at this point, but we'll take a break. <sighs> and then we'll come back. Which, we'll- by the way... Which, by the, the way, wait, isn't this the thing <laughs> that we're on the topic? We're supposed to record it and put that in, drop it in as yeah. the ad, but you know, whatever. Go ahead. No, well, do you want to tell? You know, we uh, just basically, if well, if you um, are interested in uh, sponsoring uh, an episode of the History Bros, then uh, you can reach out to us on uh, History Bros Pod. Um, I guess you can do At it Gmail. on uh, our social medias. Well, we have a you we know, have an email have address. An e- yeah, our email address is okay. historybrospod at gmail dot com. That's historybrospod at gmail dot com, and, and we're at, the, at historybrospod on most socials. So, and, and I promise it's we 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 work cheap. Yeah. So our uh, our sponsorship deal with uh, the company that we put our podcast out through is has ended and uh we are now looking for uh new sponsorships so if you are interested please drop us a line let us know we'd love to talk to you we will uh we will do a a nice tasteful um ad for your company which you can even write and give to us and say um make sure jason rude reads these parts right it's always about me always got to make it about me want to share the love <laughs> oh boy all right we got to take a break here because i need to go to the bathroom so i'll talk break. to you in a little bit more history bros <laughs> coming right after this back from the break are the history bros it is me jason once again known as corn no i did not have to have a bowl of corn to be able to well whatever anyway uh brian and uh, hatfield also <laughs> join us here on this second <laughs> Part as I think Hatfield or not Hatfield, uh, Geldmacher, known as Dirty, is like, 
where is he going with this? And yes, he is. That's exactly what he's thinking. And the answer to that is he doesn't know either. <laughs> so. Well, I, I, I kind of want to say that um, I'm wanting to, uh, I'm thinking about in honor of today, possibly uh, changing my on-screen persona or on audio, on pod persona hmm. um, from NASCAR today to Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. Perfect. Who's that? Uh, he's the <laughs> chief metallurgist, the King Charles V of Spain. Who's that? Charles V <laughs> of Spain. Um, was a king, Spanish oh. king. Oh, Charles Spanish king. king. Oh, oh, that that clears it up. Okay. Well, all right. Right there, you go. That that yeah. I, uh, so this day in history. <laughs> We have an abbreviation. Uh, he was a uh, holy Roman emperor, uh, Charles V. Charles fifteen hundred. <laughs> he was born, died in fifteen fifty eight. His uh, spou- his spouse was I- Isabella of Portugal from fifteen twenty six to fifteen thirty nine. Didn't she fund that guy that that kind of came over the ocean and found Amer- America? America. How is he? How is he the spouse of I, see, Isabella I of Spain? This. Didn't didn't or is it Portugal? No, those years are don't, don't Isabella of Portugal. <clears throat> I, so. I I don't know. Didn't Columbus talk to Queen Isabella? Isabella? Yeah, but the years don't line up, so it might have been a, a previous Isabella. Oh. She was married. He was married to her. Let me see. This see now. Wait. This is what happens. When you get nerds together, because um, <laughs> so she was born in she was born in fifteen oh three. Yeah, that's not the right. Well, no, that's not the right one because he came over in fourteen ninety two. Yeah, oh, she well okay. So she died in fifteen thirty nine, and she was born in fifteen oh three. Yeah, so she didn't live very long. Correct. Um, so it's not she, the same, uh, Isabella. It's. So Somebody it can't else. be the same Isabella, right? She um, because she died or was born after he sailed to the across the correct. ocean blue in fourteen ninety two. So it's a right, previous so. Isabella or someone else known as that same name. I talked to an Isabel yesterday. Well, there you go. Yeah, because this is exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she didn't. She's not the queen of of Spain or anything. But anyway, um, this so was, um, uh, it, Queen Isabella of the first of Castile was born in 1451 and died in 1504. There you did, go. Did she fund the, the that Columbus dude? If that's the one, I'm, is that the one I'm thinking of? I don't Sorry, know. I don't know a lot about uh, anything. Give uh, me give me questions about Japanese history and U.S. history. My European history isn't you know outside of you know Henry the Fifth. I, you know, my, my European history is a little sketch. Now, wait, you were just telling me that you're the chief metallurgist for whoever that King guy. Charles V of Spain on a match service. Okay. So we never really established who King Charles V of Spain is or why he would need a metallurgist when metallurgist, uh, metal, you know what? Never mind. Moving on. Uh, this day in history is coming up. <laughs> Well, in, in that time period, you would need a metallurgist because you had sure. armors and you had swords and, you know, maybe right, some God. blunderbusses kind of thing. I mean, but I mean, you know, what do I know? I'm only a history teacher. Yeah, not science. Oh, boy. Not science. What does that have to do? Metallurgist would be like the metallurgist. 
mature. Oh, God. You know what? I'm not even going to try. <laughs> just right watch. Just watch. Have you seen Highlander? Have you watched Highlander? Rude? No. No. Okay. That explains well, quite a bit then. He just yeah. just watch it. Just watch it. It's why it's got wrestling in it at the beginning, so you'll love it. What kind of wrestling? Like professional wrestling. Oh, we don't do <laughs> professional wrestling here. We have real wrestling. Yeah. Okay, so this week in history, Brian, why don't you go first? Shall I? Ooh, I'd love to. Oh, if, if there are any of my students listening, you'll know exactly what this is. We just talked about it this past week. November 1st, 1765, the Stamp Act goes into effect in the British colonies. Great. Yeah, the Stamp Act went into effect, and it made the colonists mad, and then they threw tea in the parties. Um, in, in the parties. In, yep, in, in Edenton. The parties. Okay, well, the thing is, is that in some cases, um, people got really upset and would burn uh, the stamp offices or force the uh, the individual who was the stamp collector uh, to resign. Um, you hear a lot about some of these happening throughout the colonies, but the Edenton stamp um, <laughs> rebellion is is vastly overlooked. Um, just kidding. No, there's not. Edenton. <laughs> Avast, matey. I'm just anytime. I'm just going to throw Eden. The thing is, is that should we ever get more than five listeners, I may never be able to go to Edenton. I'm not even mm. certain. I fully know where Edenton is. In <laughs> no offense. Well, if you taught the Edenton Tea Party, you'd know right where it is. I I have mentioned it in the past. <laughs> I don't oh, think boy. I've ever tested on it, but you know. Um, one of my students was like, hey, I, I swear to you, one of my students raised their hand and said, hey, you know, my uh, grandparents live in Edenton. I said, oh, well, then they must know what we're talking about. And he's like, <laughs> he, they, he went to go see him and actually saw a sign, you know, one of those historic. Oh, like, okay. Well, good. Great. Yeah, Grand, great. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right, uh, Rude, you're up. Yeah, I'm up. Um, <laughs> November 2nd of 1892, lawmen surround famous outlaws Ned Christie and Arch Wolf near Tahlequah, Indian Territory, present-day Oklahoma. It will take dynamite no and a cannon. Why does he interrupt me? I think it's because he loves you. Okay. It will take... Di- <laughs> it will... Take. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm letting you since I don't want you to throw a hissy fit. So go ahead, please. <laughs> it will take dynamite and a cannon to dislodge the two from their cabin. Hmm. By the way, that was Ned Christie and Arch Wolf from uh, near Tahlequah, Indian Territory. If you were wondering, after I was distracted. Good old Ned Christie from the Oklahoma Christie. <laughs> <laughs> they call them. They call them old Cannon Ned. Well, right. but think about it. it you dynamite and a cannon to get them out of their cabin. I mean, that's. I had, to, I, I had to do that with roommates that wouldn't get out of the bathroom. There you go. Are you, well, maybe that's what it sounded like. At least. <laughs> I've oh, had that problem. Explosive. If I have too much corn, it could. I can have that problem too. Oh boy. Oh, Good morning, everybody who's listening to this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm not um, saying it's you're doing your coffee. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's got the same effect. 
Oh, dear God. <laughs> November 2nd, 2016, with the final out recorded by Anthony Rizzo, the mm. Chicago Cubs win the World Series for the first time in 1908, reversing the curse of the greatest of all time from 1946. Oh, that's no, that's you really meant goat on that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> reversing the curse of the goat from 1946. Yeah. Apparently, there was no odor and there was no goat screeching, goat sound. Right. So the Chicago Cubs win the World Series for the first time in 1908. Since reversing 1908. That happened. Like less than forty years later. Hey, it doesn't make since nineteen oh eight. Autocorrect. Yeah, it's the first time since. Didn't you? Oh, in twenty. Okay. Uh, wait. What? Okay. Okay. All right. I, I got you. Now. I I wrote it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I'm oh, a little confused boy. by this. Right. Oh boy. First time since uh, the-, the Cubs. I tell you what, man. That final three pointer. That really point and put them over the edge. That's right. You yep. know it. I will Thank say, you, LeBron. It, <laughs> it is good to know that uh, we can basically put anything on the teleprompter and Hatfield will read it. Yep. Yep. So I mean, you stay classy. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we're, we're we are with set. the final out recorded by Tits McGee. The Chicago Cubs win the World Series. <laughs> yeah, that's. Oh. And so, for the history know. bros, I am Jason Rude, known as Corn. That is Brian Geldmacher, known as Dirty, as well as uh, uh, that other guy, Jason Hatfield. Sometimes we call him NASCAR. Sometimes we call him, what did you say? The metallurgist from Tahlequah. And then, Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. That's the one. Chief metallurgist of King Charles V of Spain. From Tahlequah. And uh, we're the history bros, and uh, we're landing the plane here because, you know, usually it's awkward. And <sighs> well, this we is actually leaving no the... less awkward than it has been. So, <laughs> are we actually leaving the uh, the uh, Ron Burgundy reference uh, in this? The whole that we're leaving the McGee reference in this? Oh, you le- oh, you tell me. I don't know. I, I mean, that's it's, I, I just wanted to say that that was a quote from. A movie. I, I wasn't actually throwing out some sort of epithet. Oh, or, oh well, you know. okay. Yes, we're gonna. Yeah, we'll leave it in there. So, because now that you've said it's a quote from a movie, uh, that was. Uh, you can sue Will Ferrell and not us. Yes, correct. <laughs> right. <laughs> so for the history bros, I am Jason Rude, known as Corn. That is Brian Gelmacher, known as Dirty, and that is Jason Hatfield, known as whatever the heck you want him to be known as today, or whatever he wants to be known as today. Uh, sometimes it's corn, sometimes what's his, what was it again? What? Well, not I've corn. never been it's called not corn. corn, man. It's, it's not corn. It's not corn. It's oh, NASCAR or uh, <laughs> you have the manners of a goat and you smell like a dung heap and you've no knowledge whatsoever of your potential. Yes. And on that note, I'm done because I've just been put in my place. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs> See ya. Peace out. Deuces. <laughs>